Well, hey, friends, and welcome to The Messy Table, an ordinary space for real women, imperfect stories, and the God who's constantly at work in our mess. Because that is basically the overarching theme of the entire Bible and our entire lives. God created this incredible world, but we messed it up. Yet heaven has invaded earth, and we are here to tell the story. Well, my name is Jen Jewell, and I am just super thankful to host this faith-fueled conversation-style podcast, which unleashes a brand new story of hope and light into your earbuds, your speakers, every other Tuesday. And with me today is my co-host, is the co-founder of Life Church and the heart behind a transitional housing nonprofit called Branch 15, my good friend, Amy Groeschel. Y'all, we are partnered with the women of our church, Life Church, and we just love locking arms with all kinds of genuinely brave women who are willing to share a piece of their story. And y'all, get ready. This is a really special episode today because 20 years ago, Cindy Beale's marriage was hanging by a thread. Guy's betrayal had shattered her reality, and uncertainty was threatening her future. And 10 years ago, Cindy wrote and published a book sharing how both she and her husband, Chris, experienced true healing after trust was broken. Y'all, it's a redemptive story of hope for all of us, and especially for those following in their footsteps. So today, we're going to celebrate the sweetness of redemption and the gift of second chances and the God who specializes in making all things new. So if you've already heard Chris and Cindy's story before, please don't check out. We're going deeper. We're pressing in. We're not only going to get an update on where they are now, but we're also going to get some insider information on marriage and the re-release of her life-changing book. And their story in particular makes me so grateful for what God says in Isaiah 44, 22. He says, I have swept away your sins like a cloud. I have scattered your offenses like the morning mist. Oh, return to me for I have paid the price to set you free. So whether you have walked through or are currently walking through your own shaky circumstance, or maybe you could just use a refresher on God's grace, grab your coffee, pull up a chair, and join Amy and me for a chat with Cindy. Well, hi, friends. Hey. Cindy, Amy, welcome back to The Messy Table. You guys are, of course, regulars here, but for someone who just found the podcast and might not know how Mm. awesome you are, I feel like you should give us a little sneak peek introduction, especially Cindy, we're zeroing in Mm. on you. I Uh, know, it's weird. I'm the guest today again. You're the guest. We're so glad. This is big. We're celebrating. Lean in, girls, because this is a good one. Yeah, Um, it is exciting. So a little bit about me. I married to Chris. We're coming up on our 29th wedding anniversary. Mm, Come on. Praise God. Our marriage has been 100% full of bliss. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) As we'll discuss. (laughs) Everybody will soon find out why. Bliss is mixed in there. (laughs) For sure. Um, We have three sons. We have a daughter-in-law. Yeah, and I have a granddaughter. I just want to put her in my pocket. Amy can attest to this. Everything people said about having a granddaughter is not an exaggeration. It's not. It is utter joy. Yes, her name is Ivy Sloan. I mean, come on now. I mean, that's delicious right there. Just a barrel of cuteness. (laughs) So we have been in full-time ministry. Uh, We actually were called into full-time ministry the month that Life Church started, even though we weren't a part Mm. of it in those early. But so it was January of 96. You know, so we've been doing this for a long time. 
And so our kids, um, there were almost empty nesters. Amy, I think you and I are going to become empty nesters next year at the same time. Oh, let's not bring it up. Okay. I am. I know. I'm going to bring it up because okay. it's going to be a good season. <laughs> so, are you like I, anticipating sadness? Or are you like freedom? Um, a little bit on the freedom side. Okay. Just That's thinking good. the encore is coming. And, yes. Um, it's kind of fun. So I do love my children. But I will say well, having adult children them. is mm. super Super fun. It is fun. It's loving that. Um, So my husband and I have been at Life Church for almost 20 years, and I'll tell kind of the story of that in a minute. But I actually have been serving with him and just loving on pastors' wives and doing a lot of things on my own through the years. But in January, I came on the team officially as the spiritual support leader for the Uversion community. So yeah, you've been off and on. Officially, I I feel like throughout the years. I mean, I've been a part and I would consider myself to be with Chris. You know, when we were called into ministry, I often tell people it was our calling. We Mm -hmm. surrendered together, but it was Mm -hmm. for a long time. It was his job. Sure. Mm -hmm. Because his boss didn't you work on the finance team for a long, long time ago? (laughs) Really, like for two years, but that was like 17 years ago. Mm -hmm. So really long time ago. But I always tease people, you know. At the end of the day, Chris is the one on the hook because if something goes wrong, Sam Roberts does not call me. He calls my husband. <laughs> sure. You know what I mean? So, yeah. But now I am on the team and I'm loving working with the Uversion uh, community around the world. And we love the that Uversion Bible is app. Super fun. It's the love best. the app. Love that our church got to start it and mm-hmm. give it away. Mm-hmm. And we're approaching half a billion downloads. And right. wow. I just think it's exciting helping people engage with God's word every day. Shout out yeah. to the Uversion team. Come on, Uversion. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mm. World awesome. changing. Well, Cindy, you made your debut on episode 11 and right. your story is hands down crowd favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, such a helpful resource that I point women to literally all the time. But for those who don't already know, we need a refresher course on your yeah. story mm-hmm. 20 sure. years ago the day it all went down. Right. And I can do it in 60 seconds flat, but I'll give it a little more time. Yeah. Because <laughs> Chris it, is like, babe, can space. you do it in a short? I'm like, babe, I can tell our story better than you can. <laughs> I have done more podcasts. So, uh, but yeah, so the day we, you know, we moved here, we came in January of 2002. Chris was the Edmond campus worship pastor. Okay. Uh, and did he, you sing with him? I did. I did. Yeah. But it, again, it was just, we'd well, always done that. I just that. feel like you do yes. everything. I know. Uh, Finance. Like I sang until I was, until, you know, for 30 years. Okay. I mean, or my mom tells me I sang in the crib. So mm. I pretty much, that was my life for a while. So we joined the team in January of 02. Then about six weeks on the job, you know, we're getting into our new house. We had purchased one and it took a little time to move in. We're unpacking. He comes home one morning. It was uh, Tuesday morning. It was February 19th mm. to be exact. It's like 930. So he had already gone to work and he came back in. I thought, did he forget something? The look on his face was clearly um, one of distraught. And he said, we, we need to talk. And so we sat down and he proceeded to just unload everything that had been happening and that he had been participating in. Um, infidelity, a lot of women, a lot of different places, all these things. And so in that moment, I'm thinking, were you inappropriate with someone at the office? Did you, mm-hmm. I mean, there wasn't really a lot of social media connection back then, but like, what, what happened? Like, how this happened? And then he let me know that it was due to a pornography addiction. I didn't know he struggled with that, but I just didn't know that, you know, typically with any kind of addiction or sin issue, it just spirals and gets worse. And what 
pleased you in one moment won't please you next month. Mm -hmm. And so it just kind of goes down that path. And so for about a two and a half year period, he acted out while he was leading youth and worship at our old church where we were before we came to Life Church. And I had no idea. Um, I knew something was wrong. I felt off with him, Mm -hmm. but I would never have dreamed that it was that. And so, you know, I went from unpacking boxes literally Mm -hmm. in one moment to 90 seconds later, I'm just like, I don't even know what to think. And so Chris's first phone call was to Jerry Hurley and he came over. Who is on and our directional second, leadership yes. team. They weren't really official at that yeah. point. Jerry okay. was like executive. We didn't, yeah. they weren't yeah. the DLT yet. <laughs> but so Jerry, and then Jerry called Craig because we lived right by the church offices. So I just remember sitting, Chris and I were sitting on this sofa that had been delivered the day before. I mean, just crazy. things I remember. And I remember Jerry is across from me and Craig is across from Chris. And we're just sitting in silence. Mm-hmm. Like nobody knows well, what do you do? Hard to hear. Nobody knows what so to say. I can only imagine what you were feeling at that moment. I don't. I just remember utter devastation. And so in that moment, you know, our son Noah was almost three. He was a week away from his third birthday. And Craig's assistant Allie came over, got him, actually took him to Amy's. And so Seth mm-hmm. hung out with Amy for the day. I didn't even know where he was going. I just my world was in shambles. And so it's hard to believe that was my world. Yeah. Like where I am today. And the people who know me, some people list of you. Who yeah, know Chris? Yeah. And Cindy, what is so unique about this situation too is that there's a confession. You didn't, you know, didn't catch him and find out and he got caught. And so that puts you in such an unusual situation, an actual better situation even though it's still devastating. Right. And I often say that from that moment to this day, so we're talking close to 20 years, he has been in a posture of repentance. He doesn't walk around in shame, but just this Mm -hmm. posture of, I know what I've done and I'm so thankful for what God's given me. Mm -hmm. And so there's no defensiveness. And so from day one, he said, I know you'll never trust me again, but if you'll give me a chance, I'll spend the rest of my life trying. And even though he was showing repentance Mm -hmm. and he was calling people and telling them what he'd done and he was confessing and he was willing, he was submitting to leadership in every way. I mean, there was nothing he did wrong Mm -hmm. after that. Like he really was all in. I still wasn't sure if I wanted to stay. And I I was just like, well, Jesus gave you an out. I mean, I just think, Mm -hmm. I don't know that I'm, can do this again because mm-hmm. if history repeats itself like a lot of times it does, I just don't know that my heart can handle it. And so I had to go on my own uh, journey that just lasted a few weeks to where God really spoke to me and and I knew that I was called to stay. And of course, that day when I called Chris, I was like, I know God's leading me to stay. He was so relieved, you know, because wow. even though I had not left him, mm-hmm. I had not decided to stay. Yeah. And so that was part of that. And so, I just want to pause and yeah. say, we know that wasn't an easy decision right. by any means. Like we're right. kind of giving you the fast forward version. Sure. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't easy, but I will say this because part of it was God was saying, I know you don't trust him, mm-hmm. but do you trust me? Mm-hmm. And so I, I held that question without answering it for probably a good three or four days. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know, God. Because uh, I thought, of course I trust God. Yeah. But you're asking me to trust you. Like, this is a big deal. 
Yeah. And uh, so I finally just said, okay, God, I trust you. And that was the moment that that undescribable, unfathomable peace of God just fell upon me. Mm -hmm. That was the moment. And I felt like God was like, okay, great. I'll take it from here. Mm -hmm. Now, I still had to work. Chris had to work. We had Mm -hmm. to fight together and grow together and heal together. But God just needed to know. I mean, God didn't need anything. But it was in that moment that, you know. I just said, okay, let's let's take the step. So, wow, and that was a long time ago. And again, this is a very fast forward type right. of thing, and that's why it's great that you have a book because yep. Yep. there's so much to this story mm-hmm. that we want everybody to hear. And so we've got episode eleven, and we've got the book, and we've got the yeah. new oh, the yeah. newest book that's out. But you guys have never kept anything in the dark from that moment on it seems like chris was just always from then on just open to Mm -hmm. public kind of disdain or whatever it was he just let the truth out Mm -hmm. and so we never had to hide anything from anyone and never wanted to i mean the way that that it was we were discreet with some details and we didn't give like every single detail right there's no gory detail there was enough information people knew it was a moral failure he knew it was unfaithful and he was off the team for a season. He yeah. was. He was. I mean, they gave him the dignity of resigning, which, yeah. you know, is is kind, but he would have lost his job. So he just said, of right. course. And he wasn't even asking right. to yeah. keep it. He so kind of yeah. just He just said, I've got to figure this out. And yeah. so he was off the team for about 18 months. But yeah. before I move into that part, um, I missed the part that was probably the hardest part to take was that one of the women, you know, was pregnant mm-hmm. and he um, thought he was the father and it turned mm-hmm. out that he was the father. And so mm-hmm. I have a bonus son. I have a mm-hmm. son that did not give me stretch marks, but I get all the joys from his life. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, those early days were hard as to learning how to navigate mm-hmm. um, blendedness yeah. in that realm and just the pain of not being this child's mother. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, he calls me Mama Cindy now, and there's been so much healing. And I just, he's a humongous part of our redemption story because God has just done a work there. And there'll still be conversations in the future, and there's still a lot of growth to happen Mm -hmm. just with all of us. But um, I love hearing you talk about him because, you know, I've heard you say multiple times that, if you could go back and just erase all this from happening, that you wouldn't. And a big part of that is because you love him so much. I wouldn't have him if I could take back everything. Mm -hmm. And And I know some people probably are listening to this, their mind being blown, like, for sure. What? It seems so complex. But he's 19. I mean, so like, I'm not telling people this is how I felt when he was two. Right. You know, there has been a long, I mean, we're on the verge of two decades of restoration. And so Mm -hmm. um, I hope the listeners understand the redemptive power of our God Mm -hmm. and just understand that we can have God's best. Uh, It's just going to take a little work on our parts as well. Yeah. This story just sounds like impossibility upon impossibility, which is why it's all the more glorious because... I mean, for you to be Mama Cindy in this type of situation, the listener's got to be going, I mean, how would that even, where does that even begin? But when you think about the love of God and what he's done for us, and when he lives in us, everything is about restoration. Every human is to be, you know, restored and we are to be in one unity of love with one another. So not only do we serve the God of impossibility Mm. that does the impossible, but as his children, 
we get the opportunity to walk in those impossibilities and participate and in the participate. Yeah. Yes, to participate into That's what good. man says is impossible, and God says you can be an example of what everyone says is impossible. It's really mm-hmm. possible, and so it seems like that type of marriage infidelity would just be hands down. Uh, walk away, no redemption, mm-hmm. even with the confession. Yeah. And so it's a message of yeah. hope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's been what we've hoped for all these years. So I just want to acknowledge that some people listening are there right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's infidelity or mm-hmm. maybe it's not a betrayal in that way, but they're up against some situation, whether yeah. it has to do with their marriage or, you know, yeah. X, Y, Z. Seems hopeless. And it feels so hopeless, yeah. so impossible. And they're listening right now thinking, I I hear what you're saying, mm-hmm. but oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. I and I can tell them I remember yeah. feeling yeah. that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember just going, where do I even start? And mm-hmm. I always tell people anytime, whether it's a significant issue like what people could be facing now or just something smaller, you know, just take a step. Mm-hmm. What's what's a step you can take? What's mm-hmm. the next step? Mm-hmm. You don't have to know what step 50 is. You just, what's step one? That's and good. then what's, mm-hmm. what's step two? And mm-hmm. And before you know it, you have made progress. You may not see the progress on step 10, but if you turn around and glance back and go, oh, okay, I'm not at one anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm at 10. And so that's what I always encourage people, that's wherever good. you mm-hmm. are on your journey of healing, of growth, of whatever God's doing in your life, look for the progress by gently glancing back. Mm-hmm. We don't want to stay looking back. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's um, looking in the rearview mirror. I always use that analogy. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to look through the windshield, mm-hmm. but we glance in the rearview mirror. We don't stare at that rearview mirror, but it is necessary to it gauge is. our surroundings. Yeah, that's good. So yeah. that's something that I tell people all the time. You are making progress, mm-hmm. even if you don't see it. Mm-hmm. So, All right. We'll keep going with what yeah. happened next. So. Chris was off the team, and I actually did join the team, like you mentioned earlier. I was did all the payroll mm-hmm. for all of our employees, which wasn't a ton at the time. I did that for two years, and it was cool because I worked in the same office with Jerry and Craig every day. And so I learned that it was a good way for them to gauge where we were by the look on my face. <laughs> so I'm the kind of person, it's hard for me to hide how I'm feeling. <laughs> I mean, if I'm sad, you'll probably know it. If I'm happy, you'll probably know it. So that was a really, uh, really neat thing for us to communicate. I mean, it wasn't all the time, but we were smaller staff back then. And so mm-hmm. about 18 months into our healing journey, Craig was like, yeah, I think it's time to, uh, it's time to consider him coming back on the team because mm-hmm. we were still serving. We were in Life Kids and we were doing all sorts of things. And um, and so he joined the team in yeah. August 2003. So took a little bit of a break. And um, well, his calling hadn't changed. His, the calling he just had not gone away. For a while. It just mm-hmm. and so he's been on the team back since then, doing a lot of several different roles. And so there we are. About yeah. not only God's grace, but about our church is that. You know, he is a God of second chances and we are a church of second chances yep. because mm-hmm. we all need second chances we all do. the yeah. time. I mean, we do. this is really right. a story of the grace and mercy of God. Yeah. 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 And just to blow our mind a little bit, because <laughs> like I genuinely thought once I knew our marriage was on the road toward healing and I thought, OK, I literally just thought we're going to be doing jobs and we'll go to church and we'll serve and we'll, yeah. that's what we'll do. We'll just work regular jobs. So you jobs. thought ministry might be off the table. Oh, we do. 100%. Okay. Until okay. about a year in, Jerry spent time with Chris and we had mentors, Jim and Beth Kuykendall, and they mm-hmm. were just like, I don't know that you're done. I'm like, look, yeah. we're not jockeying for anything. Mm-hmm. If it comes, it comes. And so that's how it happened. 
Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So here we are almost 20 years later. So, man, if you could like tell us where are you now? Like, how's your marriage now? I know that we've talked about that it almost feels like a lifetime ago or a different life. Yeah. And yeah. sometimes you go, was that us? Like, yeah, for is, sure. Is that us that walked through that? It's kind of wild. Well, and especially people who don't know Chris um, back then. Yeah. They come in meeting him 10 years ago and they're like, yeah, yeah. really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> he did that? I'm like, yeah. Like, it's just you. It's just, I don't even know how. Yeah. It's remarkable. God makes all things he new. He really does. It's a new, he is a new creation. Uh, so where are we now? We are at a place of joy and health. I wow. will never refer to our marriage as being good or happy. I feel mm-hmm. that's a little vague. Yeah. Um, yeah. We have a good marriage. A little superficial, um, too. A little bit. I a mean, little bit. Um, that's good. Because people will refer to their marriage as that, but then they're still struggling. They're still not connecting. And so I knew and I want, Chris and I both want more for us as a couple because we do remember those days of struggling. Mm -hmm. And so some would even say that we were beyond help. I think we probably felt that way as as well. So, But today we're, we're healthy. We're strong. We are growing together every day. And just imagine the best marriage you could hope for. And I feel like we're living it. Wow. Like I genuinely feel that way. I have the dream that everybody's wanting in their marriage, um, but it wasn't free. Yeah. It wasn't. And what were those things? Like I know people are probably wondering how in the world yeah. did you go from mm-hmm. pain and, mm-hmm. and hell to mm-hmm. joy and health? Mm-hmm. Obviously, you mentioned that you had the mentors in your life. Chris's confession that he was repentant is absolutely key. But to get to be so strong, Mm -hmm. what would you say are some of those nutshell nuggets that... Definitely honesty is very key. Obviously, it should be in any relationship, Mm -hmm. but we put the word brutal in Mm -hmm. front of it. Maybe not every couple needs to have that, but it's just the raw truth. And so Mm -hmm. it means... You know, when there's someone who's attractive, this is years ago, you know, I'm like, do you find her attractive? Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. You know, and most men wouldn't want to say that. Most women wouldn't want them to answer that way. But we have this mentality. If I ask you something, I have to be prepared for hearing something that may be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's been part of it. Uh, the other part is nothing is off limits to one another. There's no hiding. Like, if I need to pick up his phone or he needs to pick up, like, there's nothing like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing is hidden. Mm-hmm. And that is important for us. Yeah. Um, and then I think also just we knew that the marriage would not be healed unless we came as healed individuals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, we were trying to heal our marriage, but like we were broken for, yeah. in different ways. Yes. And we had to find healing and we grew together. And so we really kind of, I'd say, we're focused on our friendship, if that makes sense. You know, marriage really is a uniting of two sinners. Yeah. Yes. And I think that that's really important because it's like if we try to put a Band-Aid on cancer, you know, right. that's not helpful. It's like we have a sin issue as yes. people. We have a sin issue that has to be addressed before a holy God. God's the one who invented marriage. He designed marriage. And just to think of the picture of Christ and the church just that salvation and restoration and the grace and the mercy Mm -hmm. and just this beautiful, unique, mysterious picture. And you guys really got to live that out. Yeah. Yeah, we did. And I think it also was so helpful to know we had leadership backing us Mm -hmm. 
they supported us. We were cared for. I mean, Craig could have just kind of said, you know what, they've only been on the team six weeks. Let's just keep it quiet. Yeah. Let's just say there's been a change of heart. And he could have just walked away from it mm-hmm. all. And nobody really would have known. And he didn't. And he said, you know what, typically churches shoot their wounded and we won't be that. Mm-hmm. And we will be a place of healing for them. Mm-hmm. And and so there's two parts of our story. People always laugh that I can tell our story <laughs> without crying, you know, because mm-hmm. most people are like, I'd be so messed up. I'm like, well, I was a long yes. time ago. Yes. Mm-hmm. But there's still two parts that really are hard to talk about. And it's my son mm-hmm. that I got mm-hmm. to get. I know that sounds terrible. I got to get him. Um, But, you know, (laughs) I get him in my life. You're crazy. I love him. And then the other part is how our church loved us. Mm. And, you know, Chris confessed on a Tuesday. Craig preached about it on that Sunday. Again, very uh, appropriately sensitive. Mm -hmm. Um, The next Sunday we were at church crying our eyes out. Mm. And Craig said last week was a tough week. But Chris and Cindy are here. The whole people just stood up clapping. Yeah. Like, who gets that? Mm. Who gets that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And uh, it just gave me chills remembering that that moment. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of crazy. It, it almost feels like, wow, that seems a bit kind of dangerous as yeah. a church oh, to yeah. be to be so receiving. But again, it's the confession and not getting caught and that you have a man that was willing desperately wanting restoration. Mm -hmm. And that's the heart of our father, too, is that, you know, he's so open arms for anyone who comes repentant. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All of us. And even if they do get caught and then repent, same. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Repentance is everything. Brokenness is everything. And, you know, the enemy wants to keep us in the dark and keep us hiding our sin, making us believe this lie that, you know, of all the shame and all the devastation that will happen if you do come out into the light with whatever Mm -hmm. you're struggling with. But let this be an example for everyone listening that whatever it is that you could be hiding or that your spouse is, you know, revealed or might reveal one day that, man, the grace of God is there and the love of God is there for us when we come before him broken and repentant Mm. and, um, there, there isn't anything that we can do with somebody that keeps their heart hardened. But there's it, everything's Everything. possible well, with that, and with that mm-hmm. repentance. And so, I mean, I wish every story of you know brokenness and marriages could could have your story. But it does take the two. It does, it does take the mm-hmm. the healing. And you wrote the book about your story. For those that are new to the story, your story and your book, and now this revision, why were you first prompted to yeah. write it in the first place? So the very first year of our story, I knew I was supposed to write the book. And it was kind of one of those moments, you know, those moments where you can probably count them on two hands, the times when you're like, God spoke that clearly. Mm-hmm. I was sitting there. I was trying to find resources. I did find one resource that helped me. Beth Moore's book, When Godly People Do Ungodly Things, was significant mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. But as far as like marriage things, there just wasn't a lot. So God said, you're going to write a book. And mm-hmm. y'all, I was a decent, I was an okay writer. I mean, I wasn't like great to write a book. And so it was buried in there. It was, yeah. I guess so. It was buried. So that was 2002. And here's the redemption of God even more. So eight years to the day of Chris's confession. So in 2010 was the day that a publisher offered me a book deal. Mm-hmm. So the book, I was writing it all those years, but nothing was published yet. So 
It mm-hmm. was published about nine and a half years. At what point did you have a blog? Because you kind of wrote yeah, your story well, out. A lot yep, of people found you through of, that. A lot of things with my blog. And so I connected with so many people. And I, I have fond memories of all the connections God did through the years of blogging in the like 2000s before social media became like the new blog where you, you know, yeah. you're just posting a little bits here and there. I know stuff. we laugh sometimes about you being like the go-to I know. infidelity I'm, person, but we're like, listen, listen, you gotta go to Cindy. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. The first book released and it was October, 2011. And now we're just doing the re-release. And so the whole thing behind the re-release was, um, so that book was 2011. I wrote a second book in 2016 called Rebuilding Your Marriage Better Than New. And then this one came and leading up to it. My publisher, the acquisitions editor was like, hey, we'd love for you to do another book. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, ah, I don't know what else to say. Like all the good stuff is written. Like <laughs> if you want to know what I think, just go read one of Lisa Turker's book or go read Christine Kay. Like <laughs> they've written all the things. Like everything's written. I don't have anything else to say. Need that to hasn't hear been from said. You. Yeah. And, and my editor was like, Cindy, quit thinking that way. But still, that was kind of in my mindset. But then mm-hmm. the idea of the 10-year anniversary yeah. of my book. So 10-year anniversary of your book, 20-year of, of the story. The story. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Great so timing. People, mm-hmm. I mean, let's face it. They're curious. Yeah. Did they last? I had a guy last week that I work with here at Life Church, and he had a friend who I was on one of their shows years ago. Hmm. And he said, I just want to know, are they still together? Aww. Like people yeah. are yeah. curious. Yeah. And so just to freshen up, the book has new content. At new the cover. End, I know, new cover. Super pretty. Uh, new content at the end of every chapter. It's in a little section called 20 Years Later. And then God led me to write a final a brand new chapter at the very end that actually can really benefit anybody who's married. So hopefully people give us a little tip about that final chapter because I think it's super special. So when you're writing a book, um, you usually don't get to choose your title unless you're Beth Moore or somebody famous, but I wasn't famous. And so I had the title better than new because that was the phrase that Craig spoke over us. Mm-hmm. He said, we're believing that Kristen Cindy will be better than new. Mm-hmm. So it's very important to Kristen and me. I wanted to be called better than new. Well, the publisher was mm-hmm. like, mm, don't think that's, it doesn't explain enough about the book and mm-hmm. they're right. Mm-hmm. So I made that my final chapter in the first, you know, when it first released. So I thought, how am I going to do another chapter? I mean, it's better than new. Like, that's it. (laughs) And as I was finishing the 20 years later part at the end, I knew the Holy Spirit was prompting me to write to these people, these couples, these women, these men who are reading my book about marriage struggle, to write to them just as a couple, not as a couple who's been through Mm -hmm. betrayal. Because sometimes those hard things that we've been through in our lives we let them identify us. Mm-hmm. We let them define us. And so I felt like God was like, speak to them just as married couples. So, I so yeah, it. that's right. kind of where that went to. I so, love it. Yeah. And then Craig wrote the forward for the first book. Um, he freshened it up a little bit for the second yeah. re-release. Yeah. So. so if you've never read Cindy's book, I yeah. mean, this is like such a powerful resource. If you're in ministry, if you're, we're all in ministry if you're a Christian. Mm-hmm. That's you right. know, some of us are just in Preach. ministry vocationally. <laughs> so I think having these on hand is so great because mm-hmm. whether you've walked through it or whether you know someone who's walked through it, it's going to come up eventually. For sure. Yeah. And so I'd love to know what advice do you have for people who are trying to just gently walk along someone who's gone through this? Yeah. Like what advice would you give. Yeah. And I think other than get your book. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, and that's what I was going to say. Like a lot of our campus pastors at Life Church have them in yeah. their offices. I know Dan yeah. did. Just because they understood that there's a level that they won't grasp having not walked through that kind of betrayal. Doesn't mean you can't still minister to someone. And that's what I would tell people like 
your marriage may be healthy and strong, great, but you can still benefit from learning some of the things that, of what to say, what not to say. But I'd say as you're walking along someone, you don't have to have gone through everything to yes. understand how to navigate and help them process. Right. Yeah. Um, but a lot of times when someone's frantic and I don't know what to do and I don't know what decision to make, sometimes that friend next to them is just calming them. Hey, mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about that tomorrow. Kevin Penry, one of our leaders at Life Church, for he's retired now, but he spoke to me when I was so frantic in those early days. He said, Cindy, you don't have to decide the rest of your life today. Mm-hmm. That's great. It freed me. It has freed me to this day mm-hmm. with that phrase that he spoke to me. Yeah, and so that's, that's what I would say, your friendship along someone who's grieving some mm-hmm. kind of loss or experiencing betrayal or whatever, your presence is just reminding them, hey, you don't have to cross that bridge today. Let's mm-hmm. just let's just stay where we are. That's good. That's what I would say. That's good. It's great. When one of my best friends walked through a similar situation, us talking about the freedom that there was no more secrets, that it was all mm-hmm. out there and now yeah. they could actually begin to to heal and move forward. I think at least she said was one of the most comforting things to her. Like, oh, what a relief. Yeah. Like, I don't have to keep the secret anymore. Absolutely. It's yes. just out and now we can begin to walk towards healing. Yeah. Yes. Which makes me also think about a girlfriend that I walked through the trauma of her husband living a double life after 12 years of marriage. And it was very clear as a strong believer during that time that it was happening, that the Holy Spirit gave different advice to her and said, run, Mm. like get out of Dodge. Mm -hmm. And so she did. And so I want to point that out because even though everyone wants to see the marriage restored, you know, God knows and he's the one that can lead and direct you and just Mm -hmm. look to him for the the ultimate wisdom uh, on those decisions because you're not a failure. Mm. Um, There's just grace everywhere abounds every day. New mercies abound every day. And but, you know, every day is also that opportunity just to as Cindy said, to take the step that the Holy Spirit's leading you and get the godly counselor advisors around you. The one thing that I think that I noticed when you guys were walking through those early days and the early years, and is still going on today as far as accountability, you were so intentional in the process of healing and putting people around you to help guide you. And like you had said, not all of them had gone through infidelity, but they were wise Christian advisors. And so you can't do it alone. And you have to rely on the body of Christ and the Holy Spirit to know what to do because it's not a cookie cutter. It's not. And you're right. Not every marriage will survive. In fact, I think one of my chapters is called It Takes Two or Mm -hmm. something along those lines. You cannot want it for your spouse. Mm -hmm. Um, And if your spouse is not an active participant in the redemption of your marriage for whatever you've walked through, um, chances are it might not end well. But the goal here, I always tell people the goal is that you are healed, even if your marriage does not get healed. Mm -hmm. God wants a healed you. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been kind of walking through a situation with a young girl whose husband left her and just wanting to love on her. She's got great people around her, but just the fact that I'm much older than her and I can actually just come in and just continue to be a, a source of hope and mm-hmm. joy. And regardless that our stories are totally different, you know, yeah. so I love that redemption is possible regardless of if your marriage yeah. makes it or not, because yeah. we just don't have all the control. No, we it's can't good. control all the situations. Yeah. So 
Well, I would say after this past year and a half that marriages need to be strengthened more than ever. All of ours, yes. right? Because yep. yes. again, we're imperfect sinners who right. need grace every day. And we're together a whole lot more than we were. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. But there are those relationships that much like yours, you know, they're in big trouble. They need a lifeboat before the right. ship completely goes right. down. Right. And mm-hmm. then there are those who maybe there's just a little bit of rough water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're not in a great place. Right. They're not super healthy, but maybe other people don't even really know. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like at home, man, right. there's mm-hmm. a lot of tension. Um, maybe it's not even infidelity or betrayal. Sure. But there's just things yeah. that. And maybe they just don't like each other. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. For sure. So I would just love to hear what yeah. would you speak to those people? And I think that's a majority. I think there are probably people listening to this podcast who. They have gone through some significant material, but most Mm -hmm. of them are just married. And so, you know, they might hear my story and kind of shrug things off because they haven't been in my shoes. And I I don't want anybody to be in my shoes. Like, I never want anybody to go through this again. But all marriage requires Mm -hmm. forgiveness. Mm -hmm. It does. It does. And so I think that most people listening would probably say, yeah, I'd like my marriage to be better. Mm-hmm. Like right. on the, the average person says, right. yeah, we're, we're fine, but I'd love it to be better. And so the reality is that you can actually have a better marriage, again, if both husband and wife are pursuing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's one thing that I would say must be present that Amy touched on a second ago, and it's the word intentionality. Mm-hmm. Like, we get married and we might even have the dream wedding and we assume that the marriage of our dreams is included with that big package, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, along the way, we forget to be intentional mm-hmm. and we assume that love will keep us together mm-hmm. and I loved you on that day and we're just going to be happy for the rest of our lives because all the chemistry we feel and we can't, all of that's just going to be there. But sadly, we have to do more than feel our way through the marriage. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. We have to identify what we want, and then we act on that. That's intention, basically. So being intentional, the way I see it, being intentional in our marriages means we purposefully decide to invest in each other and in the marriage. That's good. Yeah. We will never feel our way into a healthy marriage. We will usually act our way. And yes. so we must choose to do it, mm-hmm. and we must do it daily. And then oftentimes yes. feelings come later. Absolutely. Yeah. And so what I would say is if your marriage is a little bit on the stale side, maybe stagnant, you still love each other. You don't want to be apart from each other, but just there's a yeah. lack of, it's just kind of a kind of whatever. Yeah. Um, then there's a chance you've neglected being intentional. Mm. Yeah. Maybe um, you're not investing in one another and you're not investing in your marriage because there's a time for you to invest in your spouse mm-hmm. that benefits your spouse. Pretty much that's who you're benefiting. And then you bless and build up the marriage. So taking a trip together that builds up the marriage, encouraging your wife to go get a massage, builds her up or encourage Amen. your husband <laughs> to play golf, you know, whatever your, your things right. are. And so you build each other up and then you. You build up the marriage and, and you be intentional with that. Mm-hmm. And and so I often think of you, both of y'all's marriages, Amy with you and Craig and Jen, you and Derek, like neither of y'all have experienced betrayal, significant, you know, things like that. But you and Craig have been married 30 years. You're mm-hmm. going on 15. 15. So like, 15. Yeah. you awesome. have worked for your marriage. Like right. people don't understand like the work I've seen Craig and Amy put into their marriage. Mm-hmm. But there's been no bad, terrible, awful things. But yes, there's still two people who have to yeah. learn to get along. What does Craig and call it? The not bad days? Like, yeah. maybe they're not great, but <laughs> yeah. they're not terrible. Yeah, but I also yes. know how much they invest in each other. I see them holding hands and I, mm-hmm. I get to watch how much they invest in each other and invest in their marriage. But yet they're not doing it because 
you know, she broke his heart or he broke her heart. They're doing it to make sure they have the best marriage they want. And I see that in you and Derek as well. You guys are so intentional. And so I want everybody to understand you don't have to go through what I've been through to have the marriage of your dreams. Because for me, I know what we could have lost. Mm-hmm. You guys are already working so hard at your marriages and you haven't been through that. I hope that makes sense. Like, yeah. I want people to understand you can have the marriage you want. Like the depth and the intimacy the without. Yeah. Yes. Because a lot of times people say, well, I haven't been through what you've been through, so we'll never have what you have. No, no, no. Yeah. You can yeah. be deep and emotional and connected and strong as a couple. Well, you're still working through a lot. You're still work. You're still yes. people. And I have to say, like, I don't think I've ever liked, and Craig will even use it in one of his marriage captions about like, we, you know, we work hard at our marriage. It's like work hard. <laughs> I, I don't think it's that it's hard. Like you said, it's that daily commitment. Uh, commitment because it's like you take care of your hair. We brush our hair every day. It's not hard work to brush my hair, but I'm nurturing myself when I shampoo and wash my hair. (laughs) Yeah, And it's like, oh, that's so hard that you do that. No, it's not hard. It's just something that I do that takes... That's every day. That's every day that... Well, I don't wash my hair every day, but... (laughs) (laughs) Do we, girls? But you dry shampoo it or something. So it's that sense of a daily nurturing care. You feed yourself and you drink water and you do these things because it's part of care. And so there's daily things that you do to care for your marriage. So it's not to guilt trip anybody to be like, you're not working hard enough. But I love a quote that Craig has said so many times, and it always steps on my toes. So I'm (laughs) right there with you. But it's, if you don't like what you're getting, look at what you're giving. And we, we have to own that, not to shame or guilt, but to say for those little things, you know, in our marriage where you're like, oh, I don't like that he's this and he's not that. Mm-hmm. But just stop focusing on yeah, that, those negatives and focus on what you give yeah. because you can change a situation by your smile and your hug mm-hmm, and your mm-hmm, forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And, and look for the best. And Yes. And so it changes things. Silly example that I think of my kids, they have a little chicken business. We have chickens right. and they sell the eggs. And Derek's always telling them that the best business partner does more than their part. And I think mm-hmm. that's in friendship. It's I think beautiful. that's in marriage. And really what it does is if everyone's doing more than their part, yeah. there's not a gap. There's, there's not not a overlap. Gap. And I think for us, we can probably fall more often into just coasting, yep. right? Because yes. kids got to get to school. We have sports, we have you know jobs, mm-hmm. all the things. And I think there's a safety and comfort in being able to coast through like those busy or crazy seasons. Yes. But just like you said, we have to have those ongoing moments of intentional pursuit. Otherwise, that coasting turns into drifting and suddenly we're, yes. you know, miles yeah. apart. So, yeah, that's right. Good. That's right. Good. And some of those daily little habits, I was thinking, well, what, what are those little brush your hair things? Well, mm-hmm. it's put your phone down yeah. and Not look at your spouse and just tell them you're thankful for them. Pray yeah. together. Pray together. Even get if naked. it's even it's for thirty seconds. Yeah. Well, no, she not the naked it, part. Naked. But the pray <laughs> part for thirty seconds. Pray and get naked. Yeah. yeah. Yes. At the same things. time, if you want. But you know, it's just little things. It's like yeah. I kind of have this. This is what I've done over the years. I look for what is one thing I can do for Chris mm-hmm. that he may never notice, and what can I do every day? Like, what can I do to make his life a little easier every day? Mm-hmm. So it yes. may be making sure his prescriptions refilled yeah. or whatever. So. It's just being thoughtful. It's being intentional and being purposeful. And if you begin to do that, both of you, you Mm -hmm. just wait. You'll feel like you're honeymooners again. I promise you. Hang up their pants they left on the floor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Who cares? Don't be mad that they left it. Just go, oh, isn't that adorable? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Grace is required. I mean, it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think we cannot 
fall into the temptation of thinking that we are perfect right. as the spouse. Right. You know, some of us get that critical spirit and all they can see is the negative, what their husband isn't. That's a good point. And, um, but that is us falling into yeah. that. Well, I don't want to be held to that high of a standard because no. I'm not going to meet it. Yeah. Oh, girl. It's good. It's yes. good word. Humbling. Cindy, looking back over the last two decades of your marriage, where you and Chris have been at Life Church the entire time, mm-hmm. now you're both still serving in different roles. We know that God has done amazing things, mm-hmm. not only just in you, but working through you. Can you give us some examples of the ways that God's been working? Man, that is loaded. That is hard to, to put it all on one thing. But um, yeah, so like, I can't really speak for Chris. I mean, I probably could because I know him so well. But, mm-hmm. you know, as far as me, like what has God done in me? Mm-hmm. And I would say that the biggest thing is he has increased my capacity to extend grace and forgiveness to people. Like I don't really struggle about 95, 96 percent of the time forgiving people. I just usually So, yeah, no problem. Mm -hmm. And I don't really have a lot of unforgiveness. There's definitely a couple situations where I have to navigate a little harder to forgive or extend grace. And and I'm I'm really not trying to brag. Like, this is not a bragging moment. This is recognizing how far from perfect I am and the grace that has been extended to me. And so it's really just me wanting to extend that same grace to someone else. Um, I've just given eyes to see, I think, you know, all the imperfections in people. Um, I think, you know, we're just people mm-hmm. um, trying to be people. And the problem with being a human is our humanity. Right. right? <laughs> and so I just try to remember that. And so uh-huh. when I see someone who does something, I'm like, ah, oh, I literally find myself saying, oh, they probably didn't mean that. But can I ask you, I feel like there are a lot of people, women out there that are like, if my husband ever did that, I could never, Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I can't imagine Mm -hmm. ever Mm -hmm. forgiving. And you are special, Cindy Beal. But I know you're also just human. Just a human. Well, and I I do have the blessing that, like Amy's mentioned, that my husband was repentant. I do have that gift. But I've also had to forgive people who didn't ask for my forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. you know what? I don't know the full story. I don't know everything going on in their mind. It's just ultimately when we forgive others, we live free. And I'd like to live free. Mm, That's That's really what it comes down to. So the other thing is we never know what someone is carrying. Yeah. And so I just try to practice giving the benefit of the doubt the other day. So um, as we are recording this, my oldest son has just been released from the hospital due to COVID. And thankfully, he's doing better. And I'm very, very Mm -hmm. praising God for that. So I was at Walmart day before he got released and he wasn't doing well, but he did make a quick turnaround. So. I recognize how downcast my face is as I'm walking through the store. And I had this thought, like, if people looked at me, I wasn't crying, but I was clearly not in a good frame Mm -hmm. of mind. And I mean, I'd like to tell you, I was taking all my thoughts captive. I was trusting God, but I was a worried mother. Mm -hmm. I just was. Mm -hmm. And so I was downcast and I felt like, gosh, what would people think? What are they thinking when they look at me? Not that I'm not trying to please people, but I'm just curious. And the Holy Spirit said, Remember this when you're judging someone else by mm-hmm. their actions or how they look in a moment. You don't know what they're carrying. That's right. That's right. And so I remember that. And so I think about this whole thing with forgiveness and grace. And, you know, we love to be recipients of grace, but <laughs> we struggle with being distributors of it. Mm-hmm. Guilty. And I don't want to live like that. No. So yeah. I want to give 
as much grace as I can to people. So the second part of that question, that's what God's done in me. What he's done through me is I just think God has used my most challenging life struggle to help others, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, the most powerful thing I hear from women after they've read my book is you understand. Mm-hmm. And I just want people to feel seen. I want them to feel heard. Mm-hmm. I want hope to be deposited into them when they just think there's no hope at all. Mm-hmm. Um, whether their marriage survives or not, I just want someone to understand that our God is faithful. Mm-hmm. He's loving. He's kind. He's amazing. He's a healer. And I want them to stay the course in following him. And so if I can help someone do that, that's what I get to do. And so that's what I think has done through me the most. Mm-hmm. I know you've made a massive difference in so many marriages all over the world, really. So as we wrap up, what still needs to be said, y'all? Like what thought, what kick in the pants, what encouragement has helped you? And you just have to tell everybody else. Yeah, I think it's hard for me to not leave with some kind of encouragement and exhortation because that's my top spiritual gift. That's just how God's wired me. And so uh, 2 Corinthians 1 through 4 that my mentor Beth said, hey, this is for you. And it says... Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort Mm. we ourselves have received. Mm. The message that was in IV, the message translation of verse four says it's so pretty or so beautifully, so powerfully. (laughs) It says he comes alongside us when we go through hard times. Mm. And before you know it, he brings us alongside someone else. Mm. who is going through hard times so that we could be there for that person just as God was for us. Mm. And so I would like to ask the listeners this. What is on your life's resume? What experiences, good or bad, have you endured? Mm. Have you learned from? Have you grown through that God wants to use to allow someone to feel hope again? Mm. That's great. That's your testimony. Mm -hmm. That's what our lost and dying world so desperately needs to hear Mm -hmm. let the tests in your life bring life to someone else come on my friend Mm -hmm. dr tara jenkins says some of you are still in your test and you're waiting for your money (laughs) (laughs) so what i would say to that is while you're in your test stay strong and stay the course Mm -hmm. for your money is coming wonderful so powerful we're so thankful for your story we're celebrating with you. Yes. Thank you. And we can't wait to see how God continues to work. Well, I do want to remind you that having Cindy's books for yourself or having them on hand for others is so beneficial. So you can find all of that and more linked in the conversation notes. And I also want to point out that we have done other interviews over the years here at The Messy Table with women who may have experienced a similar situation, or maybe they were the ones who found themselves in a place they never expected to be. And they've shared their story of redemption from the other side. Well, as always, you can subscribe for free wherever you like to stream. Or if you're more of an email kind of person, you can sign up for our email list and be the first to know when a new episode goes live. And guys, we'd love to connect with you and continue the conversation. You can find us on Instagram at The Messy Table Podcast. Y'all, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. And as you head back into your world and into your week, remember, yes, life is messy, but God is at work in your mess.